0: Live from WNUR News, I'm Daniel Gross.
1: And I'm Brendan Pryzman.
0: You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's February 13th, 2023.
1: Tonight on WNUR News, we've got a special Valentine's Day broadcast for you. A deep dive into dating apps at Northwestern.
0: Advice from a dating coach
1: and a story about literal lovebirds.
0: Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Looking for someone to spend Valentine's Day with? Don't want to put in the effort or face the embarrassment of asking them out in person? Do you have a crippling fear of rejection?
0: Izzy Pareja has got you covered with a comprehensive guide to online dating at Northwestern.
2: Ready to mingle and looking for someone to spend Valentine's Day with? Scared to make things awkward by asking out someone in your class with three weeks still left in the quarter? Enter the exciting world of dating apps, where you can meet people looking for love or less from the comfort and safety of your own dorm room. Although it can all be very exciting, those who have used dating apps before likely know the feeling of being sucked into a swiping loop, where looking at just one more profile can lead to another hour of being glued to the screen. If you're expecting to have to be particularly productive during the next few weeks, it might be important to understand what exactly you're getting yourself into before you hit download. I sat down with sophomore computer science, RTVF, and art history, triple major, George Segris to get more insight on how exactly these apps function.
3: I'm a CS major and really interested in like user design, especially in like relation to video games, but... A lot of these apps work a lot like video games. So I've read articles that go into and say basically that Tinder, behind the scenes, they basically rate your profile and will give you like a numerical rating. And then depending on what behavior they want from you, they will uh, give you different numbers for you to swipe on. So like when you first download the app, they show you high numbers to get you like interested in the app. Um, and then they gradually decrease it, um, which you think would like decrease the amount of time you spend on the app, but it actually increases it because then you're, you're seeking out intermittent reinforcement where you basically will only get a reward every once in a while and it's random. And so you start to seek it more. So it's like literally like a slot machine. When it finally starts to have the opposite effect and you start to spend less time on the app, then it will give you high numbers that have actually swiped on you. Then now you're matching with hot people. And so then you wanna stay more and then they can decrease it again because you've, had, you've been intermittently reinforced. So it's a cycle.
2: So if you think you have the time to develop one more social media addiction, dating apps can be fun and easy ways to connect with people you wouldn't normally come across every day. But that doesn't mean they don't offer their fair share of odd or unpleasant experiences. To help you avoid this, I interviewed students for their tips and tricks for online dating at Northwestern. Here are Segris and fellow Northwestern students Delilah Schmeck, Arrow Summers, and Elizabeth Egrisitz with their takes on the best dating apps and advice for surviving the online dating world. What's your favorite dating app to use and why?
3: I don't like any of them. <laughs> um, Hinge seems to be the most, like, slowest pace. It doesn't use as much of, like, the yucky algorithm stuff, but it still does use it. Um, I would actually say this is gay male exclusive, but Grinder is the most transparent where it's, like, you're here for a hookup and there's no like complications. It's just like utilitarian almost.
4: I only use Tinder. The other ones all seem a lot more work. And like, you have to like think a lot more when you're making your profile and like put a lot more effort into it. And like people really like care about what you put and like use that to like make real judgments where Tinder, it's just like a, Fun little swipey game with some pictures.
0: I would say, in all honesty, I've only
5: used Tinder, so probably that. But I've used other people's uh, Hinge accounts, if that counts. Hinge is my favorite because Bumble women have to message first, which sometimes I'm lazy. Tinder is, like, really creepy. And Hinge is just, like, funny prompts. It's not, like, an immediate match with someone. I get to, like, look at their profile. Before I like decide it's like a, it's like a nice little surprise plus you can see who liked you and like in tinder you're just like well like I hope
2: what are your best dating app strategies
3: I prefer to just like be funny especially for like hinge prompts um I feel like that's not the place for like a serious dissertation on your thoughts of two truths and a lie if
4: A guy's first picture either covers his face like you can't see his face is a group picture with no indication of which one he is or if it's a shirtless picture right off the bat it's an automatic no because those are all just too much.
6: I'm not like on there like
0: looking for like love or really anything so uh, most of the time it's whatever brings me and the people in my general vicinity the most joy to say me and my friends which is kind of crazy we'll like gather around as like as like 10 or 12 people and we'll all just look at the same person's Tinder and we'll we'll decide like as a unit as like a democratic
4: process. It's like a fun little game.
5: I would say that I usually never message someone first unless I have in something interesting to say. I need to be like oh like you like this so do I or like some funny line that has to do with their profile like i'm never just gonna say hey on the rare occasion that i do message someone first because again i'm busy
2: i'm booked and busy i'm lazy do you have any words of wisdom or warning to share with people who have never used dating apps before
3: it doesn't define you as a person (laughs) which i feel like is obvious but like it doesn't feel like that sometimes if you're really like looking for it it will happen and I feel like some of my better relationships have happened in person and not through dating apps.
4: Sometimes it feels like it's just a fun little game where they're just showing you some fun little random things. And then sometimes those random little things you've swiped right on um, turn into real people that are really trying really hard to make plans and they are real and you have to remember that because they are going to do unpredictable things and that's frightening that they can actually request to see you.
0: Be nice to people like even if even if it's like jokes and stuff, it's nothing like absolutely horrendous um, because like friends of mine that are women have like shown me screenshots of like the most atrocious stuff ever.
5: Do not be precise about your location. Do not give too much information to people you do not know. If a man who's over the age of 20 asks for your Snapchat run because you're 20 years old, sometimes it's a game. Like, just have fun. It's not that serious. But at the end of the day, there is a real live person over there on the other side who could be dangerous, who could be emotional. Like, eff it we ball, but like also like be responsible. Never talk to a U Chicago man. Never. Ever. They're the worst. They're also the enemy.
2: There you have it. A comprehensive guide for surviving Northwestern's online dating scene. Best of luck to all those looking for love or whatever else this Valentine's Day and happy swiping. For WNUR News, this is Izzy Perea.
1: Well, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and maybe you find yourself alone and wishing you weren't, like me. By the way, I'm free tomorrow after 3, Instagram's brendan underscore prizeman if you're curious.
0: Never fear. Dating coaches are professionals who can help improve people's romantic outlook, Brendan. John Ferrara sat down with two coaches to discuss how college students can improve their dating life.
6: i think there are three groups of people on valentine's day there are those who are in a relationship those who aren't and don't want to be and those who wish they were today we're focusing on that last group a pew research study from 2020 found that 49 percent of americans who are single want to be in a relationship that means there's millions out there ready to mingle right So why is dating and finding a significant other so hard if there's so many other people who share their want for a partner? I'm certainly no expert, but that doesn't mean I can't get an answer. This Valentine's Day, on a quest for advice, I spoke with professional dating coaches and asked for their help figuring out what it takes to date in college. First up is Carrie Prince. Prince identifies herself on LinkedIn as a matchmaker, a dating coach, and an expert in people problem solving.
7: My name is Carrie Prince. I grew up in Southern California, and my background is actually in leadership development. I got my MBA from UC Davis, but I always had an interest in especially online dating. I did a bunch of it myself on and off for about 10 years. The biggest thing that I see is that The way that many people are considering, quote, dating at that age is not really a traditional sense of dating. Um, The gamification of these apps, and there's a lot of great research right now going on about what it's doing, is kind of forcing dating into a much more casual space. It's kind of a space where people are a little bit more disposable. And I, I think that that is a bad thing in some ways. You know, the number one thing we work on really in date coaching too is authentic communication about what you want and and being the example for what you want to see. So if you're not comfortable with hookup culture, then don't participate and be really open and communicative about that because you will attract the people that also feel that way. If you are really having fun and open and experimenting and that's who you are, great, like I have no judgment on that, hookup culture all you want. Um, But if you are desiring something that's a little bit more um, serious and monogamous and quote traditional, then there are other people like that too.
6: And last up, but certainly not least, we have Lori Mendelson, a seasoned dating coach who's been featured on iHeartRadio, NBC, and NPR.
8: So my background is I have been doing matchmaking uh, since the tender age of 19. I started introducing people when I had an intuitive feeling. It resulted in tens of couples getting married and having children and great-grandchildren. I'm going to speak from a 67-year-old's viewpoint, John. Because that's who I am right now. And I would like to speak to my college-age self right? and and the way that I felt. And the knowledge that I have now is I would say that dating should be – I say this to all my clients – dating should be fun. Dating should be that you are hanging with someone and getting to know them and seeing how you feel around them and seeing how you two match. You should not look at it as – I've got to meet someone. I have to find a means to an end. I really want to get married. I really want to have children. It should be a real, because that puts a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation on people. But with that, it's imperative that people are upfront about what their intention is. If they're looking to actually build a relationship with someone, I think it's important to convey that. If they're looking for a hookup, I think they should convey that. I would say, I would. Uh, this is what I teach my clients: is ownership. Um, let's say, John, I'm speaking to you. John, um, I'm I'm having a little bit of resistance um, in our communication, and i really like to work on that. And and here's how I'm feeling about specific things, um, versus the way that a lot of people do things is, John, you know, you never communicate, which makes you shamed. And and completely throws you off kilter because it's making you feel bad about yourself.
6: So what did we learn? Well, be honest. And don't try to be someone you aren't. Sounds simple, but we let it get away from us too often when dating. And according to all these experts, accountability is pivotal and it's one of the best ways to take a relationship to the next level. Apologize when it's your fault. Use I language, not you language. If you found yourself single this Valentine's Day, don't stress it. With advice from these professionals, hopefully you find yourself locked up next February. For WNUR News, I'm John Ferrara.
1: And finally, kissing isn't just for humans. Here's Oddities reporter, Helen Bradshaw, to describe a different kind of kiss for chickens.
0: Listeners who get grossed out by bodily functions might not want to listen to this one.
9: This time of year, it's hard to avoid thinking about romantic love and all that comes with it. As window displays transition from snowflakes to hearts, something besides just insufferable Valentine's Day posts is on the horizon. Because for the birds of the world, spring brings about a different type of PDA, the cloacal kiss.
10: Because the male chicken does not have external organs such, what they do is they basically court the, the female, uh, mount the top of the bird, basically do a rock on the back of the bird and do what most people call a, a white, like a white kiss.
9: That's Philip Clower, associate professor in Penn State's Department of Animal Science. This wet kiss that he's talking about, otherwise known as the cloacal kiss, may sound sweet and tender. It's anything but.
10: Yeah, well, it can, it can be kind of violent actually because the male actually to get control of the female basically grabs the female typically by the back of the neck, the feathers or something at the back of the head to get a hold and then basically jumps on top with both of its claws and holds on with its two feet and claws on the back of the wings or the back of the female and then they basically do a rocking motion. And when they um, produced the sperm to, uh, for the female to uh, be activated, they basically just try getting the semen to come in contact with the female's vent. So it's a vent-to-vent action.
9: In simple terms, here's how it works. All chickens have cloacas. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of all the human holes in one. Like a triple threat, genitals, anus, and urethra, all together. So with this mega-hole, chickens can reproduce and excrete. But it's not limited to chickens. In fact, reptiles, birds, amphibians, and even some fish and mammals have one. The outer area of the cloaca is called the vent. Both birds need to connect this vent to reproduce. But just like with humans, for chickens, looks aren't everything. Flocks have a distinct pecking order that's often dominated by females, Clower says. But it's the personalities of the other birds that the highest hens pay attention to.
10: It all goes back to personalities and you know the mood of yes of the bird or whatever at the time. I mean so you know whoever's at the top of the order basically works their themselves there and they're the, the alpha basically of the flock. And then it goes all the way down from that down to the lowest order. And anytime something gets re- disrupted within that flock, there's a new battle for social order. So it can change dramatically um, over a period of time.
9: But in large scale commercial chicken farming, the fate of the mating season isn't just left up to the chickens themselves. Farmers intervene by separating the birds, feed restricting them, and controlling their light exposure for maximum fertility. But some birds need a little extra help. Many chickens have feathers that sit close to the body, but there are exceptions. Take, for example, the cochin. To the naked eye, this chicken might just appear giant. And it is, but it also has soft plumage that makes it even larger. This can make finding the vent a little difficult. So what do scientists and farmers do? They quite literally stroke their cocks or turkeys. No, not like that.
10: Feathers get in the way and it just makes a mess all over the feathers, but it doesn't really get into the vent. Commercially, like in turkeys, for instance, our all commercial turkeys are 100% artificially inseminated because they are so large. The mechanical process of mounting the females and so forth really can hurt the females badly. So to prevent the females from getting hurt severely, what we do is we have stud farms in which there's actually a way of collecting. There's a way of milking the semen from the males. And what they do is they stimulate the back of the bird and then have a pipette that collects the semen. So when the uh, male semen comes to the surface from basically stroking the back is what they do just to stimulate it. When it comes to the vent, they remove that with a hose apparatus that sucks it clean, and then they can extend that, and then they can go to the female flocks, and they have inseminating crews that basically um, get the female to expose herself, and they put a a special pipette into her, uh, the opening of her uterus and basically inject a certain amount of semen into that area.
9: So with that information, enjoy your Valentine's Day. But remember that lovebirds is just a phrase, and actual bird relationships aren't quite as lovely. For WNUR News, I'm Helen Bradshaw.
1: Welcome back to WNUR News. It is 6.19 p.m. Central Time. It's Monday
0: night, so you know what that means. Time for a new edition of The B-List, WNUR News' weekly pop culture briefing. Here's Amelia Donhauser with more.
11: Welcome to The B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles last night at the Super Bowl. Rihanna announced her pregnancy with her second child and performed at the halftime show, and upcoming films with Ben Affleck, Harrison Ford, and Matt Damon. During Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show, she announced her pregnancy with her second child, Last January, she revealed that she was pregnant with her first child, with rapper ASAP Rocky, with a photo shoot in New York City. Before her performance, she alluded to bringing a surprise guest. Last night, she came on stage in all red, displaying her baby bump, surprising many fans. In music, Rihanna also made her highly anticipated return to the stage last night at the Super Bowl. This was her first performance since the 2018 Grammys. Rihanna had indicated that 2022 is her tentative return to music, and she opened the performance with Better Have My Money and sang a medley of classics like Where Have You Been, We Found Love, Umbrella, and Diamonds. She wore a bright red showing off her baby bump to all the fans while her background dancers were dressed in all white outfits. In movies, many trailers were released during commercial breaks during the Super Bowl. Last night, including a new Indiana Jones movie starring Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will be the fifth film in the series. It will be the first film since 2008. The classic soundtrack will be in theaters on June 30th. The trailer for Air was also released during the commercial break. The film is about rebranding the Nike sneaker and working with Michael Jordan, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. In sports news, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 last night in exciting fashion during Super Bowl 57 in the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. The Eagles took an early lead, but in a high-scoring game, the Chiefs won by kicking a game-ending field goal to break a tie. There were many interesting storylines between the two teams. Jason and Travis Kelsey were the first two brothers to face off in the Super Bowl. With the Chiefs win, younger brother Travis Kelsey got bragging rights over his brother Jason. At the first half's end, there was a doubt if Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback, could continue the game after looking like he re-aggravated a high ankle sprain he suffered a couple weeks ago. But after the halftime show, he continued the game, missing no time, and the Chiefs pulled out the win. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Amelia Donhauser.
1: And a look at the weather for tonight. It's unseasonably warm this, to, this Monday night, excuse me, with a low of 34 degrees. Tomorrow, the high temperatures are going to continue with a high of 49, but a 90% chance of some rain showers. On Wednesday, the rain will be replaced with wind, but the temperature will remain in the high 40s.
0: Taking a look into the headlines, Northwestern's men's basketball made history yesterday by beating the number one ranked team in the nation, Purdue at Welsh Ryan Arena. This win boosts their hopes of of earning a spot in the March Madness tournament. This is the first time the Cats beat a number one ranked team in school history.
1: The airspace over Lake Michigan was shut down by the federal government yesterday after an unidentified object was shot down over Lake Huron. This marks the fourth object shot down by the U.S. military in the last eight days. Let's just be grateful it wasn't of Rihanna's halftime platforms. And in more sports news, the Super Bowl was played yesterday around the Rihanna concert, and it was quite a good game. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 for their second NFL championship in the last four seasons. Patrick Mahomes, the league MVP this year, won his second Super Bowl MVP as well.
0: That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news and updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNUR.news. That's WNUR.news. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Jesse Chen, and our reporters are Izzy Pareja, John Ferrara, and Helen Bradshaw, as well as Amelia Donhauser. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening, and happy almost Valentine's Day. I'm Daniel Gross, and my very eligible co-host is...
1: I'm Brendan Prizman. Okay. Catch our next newscast on Friday, February 17th at 6 p.m.
0: Now, back to scheduled programming.